excited to be here with you guys today. If you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here on staff. My name is Kaylin, and I have the privilege of being the worship pastor here, and I get to lead you guys in worship every week, and that is an incredible honor. Plus, I'm also right now the children's ministry pastor, and so, yeah, Safari Kids, woo-woo! Um, so for the past few months since we relaunched in August, because we had to pause our children's ministry for a little while during COVID, and now we have relaunched our Safari Kids ministry, and it has been so much fun to be in there with the kids every week. I've missed being here with adults, though, i got to tell you. Um, I've been uh, teaching the elementary kids all the way from kindergarten to sixth grade. And let me tell you, this can be a humbling experience. Um, We've been right now in the series about teaching the kids about the fruits of the Spirit. And so every week I've been teaching about one fruit in particular. Okay, So for example, a few weeks ago I was teaching about the fruit of the Spirit of peace to these kids. And uh, I thought I was really just like drilling in the point. They were going to leave feeling empowered and just filled with God's peace in their life, right? And then some kid raises their hand, and I'm like, oh, awesome. He's got some question. It's going to be great. He wants to like understand this peace from God even more. So I call on him, and he goes, yeah, so like last week I was walking my dog, and there was this donut on the side of the road, and he stopped and ate it. I'm like, wow, great, great story. Nothing to do with peace, you know. So really my pride and my teaching really just kind of went down a few notches. Um, But no, really, really, it's been awesome to be with the kids and to see how they are really, truly grasping these concepts and are being filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And our preschoolers and our nursery are also doing super well, and we have awesome leaders that are stepping up to really lead in those areas. So I'm thankful to be a part of that team, and I'm very thankful to be with all of you today. If anybody has a random thought during the service, let's just keep our hands down, and uh, you can you can tell me after the service if you really want to. <laughs> so we right now are in the middle of a series called Seeing the Invisible, and Pastor Tim has started this series a few weeks ago, and we are looking in this series at a chapter in Hebrews, chapter 11. And this is traditionally known as the faith chapter. And in this chapter, there are stories, and it is mentioned about historic figures from the Old Testament that had great faith. And so we learn about the faith through these characters in the Old Testament. And last week, Pastor Tim talked about the faith of Noah, and he started talking about the faith of Abraham. And this week, we're going to go even deeper into the story of Abraham and the great faith that he had. But I'm warning you now that the scripture that we're going to go into in Hebrews 11 is a little bit difficult, 
okay? It's, it's a challenging piece of scripture, and we're going to get to it, but I'm pretty sure that that's why Pastor Tim isn't here today. He's like, I don't want to have to deal with this scripture. Kaylin, you can do it. So he, like, left town. He actually skipped the country. Um, no, but really, uh, Pastor Tim and Pastor Kelly are in Mexico right now. Um, they are with our missionaries, the Ariolas in Playa del Carmen. And uh, even this morning, Pastor Tim brought the word in the church there, Casa de Fe. And so we are just so thankful that our pastors get to be there supporting our missionaries, loving on their family. And so as I start today, let's just take a moment and let's pray for what God is doing in Mexico with our missionaries, with our pastors, and for what God is doing here with us today. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our pastors. Lord God, we thank you for their safety and their health as they are in Mexico right now, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that during this time that they are with the Ariola family, Lord, that our missionaries, the Ariolas, would just be so encouraged and so strengthened, Lord God, that you would build up their ministry, Jesus, that you would bless them. And this time where our pastors and our missionaries are together, that they would just be so strengthened in faith, Lord God, and that they um, would have an incredible time together, Jesus. And now for all of us here, Lord God, we thank you that you are here with us, Lord Jesus. Just like you are with Pastor Tim and Kelly in the Ariolas in Mexico, you are here with us today, Lord God. And we thank you, Jesus, for the word that you're going to bring forth today. And we just invite your Holy Spirit in, Lord God. We make ourselves available to whatever you want to teach us today, Lord God. We want to learn from you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Amen. So in reality, this scripture that we're going to talk about in Hebrews 11 is a little bit challenging. And we're going to see how our faith can actually be tested in this, uh, in this scripture. And many people's faith are put to the test by reading what is written in Hebrews 11. We've been learning about these incredible men of faith, and now we get to put our own faith to the test today. So before we jump into this scripture from chapter 11 of Hebrews, we are going to look back at what we talked about last week. Last week, Pastor Tim started to talk about the promise of from God for Abraham. And Abraham had faith to trust in the promise that God had given him. So we're going to unpack this promise a little bit. So we're going to look all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to look at this promise that God spoke specifically to Abraham in that time. So we're going to start in verse 1 through 3, and this is what it says. It says, The Lord said to Abram, who at the time, his name was Abram. God had not yet changed his name to Abraham. So the Lord said to Abram, go to your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. 
and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So this is an amazing promise that God spoke to Abraham. And if you were here last week, Pastor Tim also talked about how we can really spot God's promises in Scripture when we pay attention to God's will statements. And in this Scripture alone, there are eight different will statements that God made to Abraham. So we're going to unpack a few of those. So number one, God's promise to Abraham said that you will have a place. He said, go to the land that I will show you. I'm going to give you this place, okay? So the first part of the promise was that you will have a place. The second part of the promise is that he promised to Abraham, you will be a people, He says, I will make you into a great nation. Okay, so not only was there a place that God promised, but God promised that he was going to establish Abraham into a great people. And then the third part of God's promise to Abraham is that he would give Abraham provision, right? God says, I will bless you. And not only will God bless Abraham, but the fourth part of the promise is that God said, I will give you abundant provision, right? There's going to be so much provision that all of the people in the earth will be blessed by you and your family. So Abraham had faith in this amazing promise from God. He trusted and obeyed him in moving to a new place that God showed him. God told him, I'm going to show you this land and I want you to go there, okay? And Abraham had faith and he trusted in God's promise. And so he said, okay, God, I am going to go. And in the verses we read from chapter 11 of Hebrews last week, in verse 9, it says, by faith, He made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Okay, so a recap really quickly about what's going on with Abraham, okay? God made an incredible promise to him that he was going to have a place to live that he was going to be established into a great nation, that God would bless him and that God would bless him abundantly. And Abraham had faith in this promise from God because he trusted in who God was and that he was faithful and that he was going to accomplish everything that he said to Abraham. So he decided to trust God and he moved into this new land that God had shown him. And there's a few things that I want to point out about Abraham's faith before we move into this new section of scripture from Hebrews 11. One of the things about Abraham's faith is that he was not just completely faithful all the time and just full of faith, right? He had doubts, okay? Abraham questioned God's promise to him. He wasn't like gung-ho all the time. All right, let's go move to this new place. And yeah, God's going to do all this stuff. Like, yes, he had faith, but he 
also had really great doubts. Okay, he questioned God's promise because he was really old. And every year that was passing, he was getting older and older and older. And he didn't have any children yet. So he was questioning God. God, how are you going to make me into a great nation if I don't even have one child? I don't have anybody in my inheritance, in my lineage, right? And so God heard Abraham's questioning. He heard his doubts, and he met him right there, and he reaffirmed the promise to Abraham. And he told Abraham, you are going to have a son. Just trust me. Trust in my promise for you. And so Abraham, he trusted He had faith, but then he also tried to take matters into his own hands, okay? God said, you're going to have a son, and again, year year after year after year, there was no son. He still didn't have any heritage that came after him. There were no children, and he's like, God, I really don't get how you're going to make me into a great nation, so I'm going to try to figure this out on my own. I'm going to try to, like, make this promise happen for myself. I'm going to take another wife. I'm going to have children with her, and hopefully, like, you can create a great nation out of this child. He was so confused in how God was going to accomplish this promise in his life, how he was going to fulfill everything that he said. And so he tried to accomplish it all on his own. But God, again, with his great grace for Abraham, said, hey, buddy, (laughs) I'm going to accomplish this promise. I'm going to give you everything that I've told you that I'm going to give you. And your original wife (laughs) is going to have a son. Trust my promise. Trust in my promise. And so Abraham trusted and he had faith. But when God reaffirmed this promise for Abraham, the Bible tells us that Abraham literally laughed at God. He's like, God, you're sounding kind of crazy because I am super old. At this point, Abraham was 100 years old and his wife, Sarah, was 90 years old. And he literally laughed at God and said, God, how in the world can you accomplish this promise? How can you fulfill everything that you're telling me? My wife is really old. I'm really old. I shouldn't be able to have children anymore. You're not going to be able to do this. But God, once again, said, Abraham, trust in my promise. I'm going to accomplish everything that I have said. So today, if you don't take anything else away from this message, I want you to leave this place knowing that you can have doubts, that you can make mistakes and you can try to take things into your own hands and you can even laugh at the face of God. I I wouldn't suggest that, but you could. And even if you do those things, you can still hold on in faith, okay? You can reclaim this promise that God has made for you and you can decide from this day forward, I'm going to have faith in your promise, Lord. I'm going to trust that you can accomplish everything that you have said you are going to do. 
So Abraham had faith, but he struggled with the promise. But he knew that God was faithful and that he was going to do everything that he said. He did have a really great faith, which is why Abraham is listed in all of these people from in Hebrews 11. All of these great people of faith that make up this chapter of faith. Abraham is listed there because even though he had doubts and he struggled with the promise of God, he had this incredible faith that even though things didn't look like he thought they were going to look like, He trusted God. So now we're going to look at these next verses from chapter 11 of Hebrews. And I warned you that this was going to be a little bit challenging, so just buckle up, prepare yourself. We're going to start in verse 13. It says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They did not receive the things promised. That hurts a little bit, right? Ouch. (laughs) To know that these people, talking about Abraham and his descendants, they died without having received the fulfillment of the promise that God made for them. Now, Abraham did receive part of the promise, right? He did have a son eventually in his old age. His son was named Isaac. And we know that God did fulfill that part of the promise. But when we look back at all of those four things that I said that God had promised to Abraham, right? The first part was that you will have a place, right? Abraham had moved to this country, but at the time of his death, the land that God had promised him, this promised land, was still occupied by different people groups, right? It did not already belong to Abraham and his family at that point. When Abraham died, other people still lived in the land, okay? So he didn't receive that part of the promise yet. And the second part of the promise that you will be a people Abraham did have his son Isaac, but he was the only one in his lineage that was going to fulfill this promise from God, okay? He, at the point that Abraham died, Isaac didn't even have children. So there was literally just one person when God said that there was going to be this great nation, right? So he didn't receive that whole fulfillment of that promise either, And the third thing was that God promised that he would give Abraham provision, right? He said, I will bless you. And Abraham was blessed. He lived a blessed life. He was blessed greatly by the Lord. But the fourth part of the promise that says that I will give you abundant provision, right? I will give you, I will bless you so much that the whole world will be blessed through you. Abraham did not see the fulfillment of that promise in his lifetime. The whole world had not yet been blessed because of Abraham. And so this is where people really struggle with having faith. They think, what is the point of believing and trusting in God and in his promise if at the end of my life, 
I might not even receive the fulfillment of this promise from God. This is a, a real struggle for people. So we're going to wrestle with this a little bit as we continue to read in Hebrews 11. But first, I want to just take a moment and I want to have everybody here in this room, everyone in the courtyard, everyone who's listening to me online, to take a moment and to think about one promise that God has given you. Okay, think about one promise that you have from God. If you were here last week, Pastor Tim handed out a paper that had a bunch of promises from God that were written on them. They're written in the New Testament. And so these are promises for everyone, right? So it could be one of those promises, or maybe you could think about a different promise that God has for you, like that God has promised you that he is going to free you from addiction, Or God has promised you that he's going to free you from depression or anxiety, okay? So think about one promise. Maybe God has promised that he's going to restore your family. Or maybe you've been praying and praying and praying for the salvation of one person, a family member, a friend, and you have this promise from God that this person will receive salvation, okay? So think about your promise. Everybody got one? All right, so I'll share what my, prom- my promise is, okay? So a lot of you might know I've shared this uh, part of my story with many of you before that about six years ago, I was diagnosed with a chronic autoimmune disease, and I live with this autoimmune disease still to this day, and there are days where I am pretty debilitated by the symptoms, and it causes my life to be very difficult in moments. Not all the time, but sometimes it's really hard to even move around and to walk, right? And the doctors tell me that I'm going to live with this disease for the rest of my life, and that there's nothing that they can do to help. Uh, Eventually, they might be able to put me on a medication, but it's not really going to change any of my symptoms. So I live with this disease But I have a promise from God that I'm going to receive healing. Okay, there is a scripture in the Bible that tells us that because Jesus went to the cross and because of the sacrifice that he made for us, by his wounds, we are healed. So, amen, amen. So I live believing in this promise in my life. I believe that God is going to heal me. He's spoken it. He's written it in his word for me, for all of us. I am going to be healed. So I choose to believe in this promise from God. But when we're reading in, these, in this verse from chapter 11 of Hebrews, it causes me to struggle a little bit with my promise, Right? This verse that says that these great men of faith died without receiving the fulfillment of their promise from God. It makes me question, God, what is the point in me holding on to your promise for me if I might not even receive my healing in this lifetime? And so as you are also thinking about your promise, Think about what would that mean for you if you didn't receive the fulfillment 
of that promise in your lifetime. It's challenging. And so we're going to continue to read in chapter 11. We're going to start back in verse 13. And it goes on and it says, They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. These verses are where our faith is put to the test, right? We talked about earlier how Abraham's faith was really put to the test quite a few times, right? He had doubts and his faith was put to the test. But there's a lot of things that we can learn from Abraham's life in this scripture in Hebrews 11. Because Abraham... Even though he struggled and his faith was put to the test, he trusted in God. And so we're going to talk about four things that are true about all people of faith, including Abraham. So like Abraham, people of faith, number one, know that God's timing is not their own timing. In these verses that we just read, it says that they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Right? In this series that we're going through right now, we're talking about seeing the invisible. And that's what Abraham was doing. He knew the promise of God, but he only saw it from a distance. He knew what God had spoken to him, and he welcomed this promise, but he didn't receive the promise in his lifetime. Because God doesn't see things the way that we see them, right? The Bible tells us that God is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Our human brains can't even wrap themselves around the concept of eternity, but God is eternal. He was here before the world began, and he's going to be here through all time because his timing is not like our timing. And we can trust that God can see the big picture and that his plan is greater than the plan that we have. So when you think about this promise that I had you remember earlier, this promise that you have from God, we must ask ourselves, am I willing to trust God beyond my own lifetime? Does my trust in the Lord exceed the number of years that I am on this planet? Okay, so for me, 
and my health and my promise for healing, do I trust that God can fulfill his promise to me even outside of my lifetime on this earth? Because his timing is not my timing. If it was my timing, I'd be healed right now and I would never have to deal with any more symptoms, right? And for your promise, if it was your choice, you'd probably get the fulfillment of your promise right now. But God wants to have us grow in our faith. And so we hold on to the promise and trust that his timing is better than our own. The second thing that all people of faith do is that they know that they are just passing through this world. In these verses that we read from Hebrews 11, it says that they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Their eyes did not just see the world that they were living in, but they had eternity in their hearts. They were seeing the invisible. They trusted that there was more for them than just what was on this earth. They were seeing a supernatural and heavenly land that God was preparing for them. So we must ask ourselves, do I believe that this world is not my final destination? Right, Because if we think that receiving the fulfillment of our promises from God on earth is the end goal, then we're missing the point. We are made for more than just life on this earth waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. We were made to have eternal life with God in heaven. This world is not the final destination for us. So can we hold these promises from God, but can we hold them lightly, knowing that getting the fulfillment of the promise is not the end-all, be-all for us? Getting the fulfillment of the promise is not the goal because we are strangers in this world. We are foreigners here. Our goal is ultimately to go and be with God forever and to live in his presence. So the fulfillment of the promise is not the only thing that we're after here. Abraham knew that receiving the promise wasn't all that there was for him. He trusted God. He said, he saw this promise. He heard this promise from God and he wanted it, right? He wanted to be a great nation. He wanted the world to be blessed by him and his family. But he knew. The scripture tells us that he knew that he was a foreigner in this world and that he was longing for a better place, a heavenly place. However, when he was on this earth, He did not allow that to stop him from pursuing all that God had for him. So the third thing that people of faith do is that they pursue the promise. 
They don't just think, well, I might not get the promise while I'm alive, so it probably doesn't really matter that much. No, we pursue what God has spoken to us. And in these verses that we read, it says that they were looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of a country that they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. So they were focused on what God had promised them. If they were thinking of what was behind them, they would have just gone back, right? They would have gone back to what was before, but they were relentless in pursuit of the promise that God had for them. They didn't turn to the right or to the left or turn back. They pursued the promise from God. They were looking forward to what God had for them. They weren't going to let anything distract them from going after this promise from God. If we look back at Hebrews 10, verse 23, it reminds us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Abraham held unswervingly to this promise from God. Even though he knew that he was a foreigner in this world and that he had greater things ahead of him than just the fulfillment of this promise, he still pursued this promise. He held unswervingly to the word of God because he trusted that the one who made the promise is faithful. And so we must ask ourselves, is there something in my life that is holding me back from completely giving myself to pursuing the promise of God for me? Is there something that's keeping me from going full force straight toward the promise that God has made for me? For my life, I haven't always pursued the promise of God from God for my healing, okay? I questioned whether God really made this promise for me, right? And I thought, what if I believe this promise, but it doesn't happen for me? What if I'm not healed while I'm living on this earth, right? What would people think of me if I told them that I was believing for healing and I never received it? What would people think? Would they think that I didn't really hear from God or that I had lived my whole life believing that God had made me a promise that he didn't really make me? I had to let go of that fear so that I could pursue what God spoke to me. Abraham didn't worry about what other people thought of his promise from God. He knew what God spoke to him, and he pursued it. So what is it today that we need to push past, right, those fears that we might have or this doubt that creeps into our mind? What is it that we need to let go of so that we can pursue the promise of God for our life? 
And this ties into the fourth thing that people of faith all do. And it is that they persevere. This verse from Hebrews 11 that we read, it says that they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. They were longing, they desired for this promise from God to be fulfilled. And they were also longing for what was ahead of them in eternity with God. So even at death, they persevered with confidence in God's ability to fulfill even those things that they did not see come to fruition in their earthly lifetime. They persevered in confidence, knowing that God's timing was not their own timing. They persevered in confidence, knowing that the final goal wasn't just to receive the promise, but was to live in eternity with God forever. They pursued the promise that God had for them, despite all of the doubts that they had, despite the difficulties that they had to go through in life, they persevered. And when we look back just one chapter in Hebrews 10, there are some really awesome verses that talk about why we must persevere. So starting in verse 35, this is what it says. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Church, we do not belong to those who shrink back. Don't throw away your confidence. Persevere. Pursue the promise that God has for you. Because like it says in our verse from Hebrews 11, at the very end, it says that because of all these things that they did to persevere, therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. God celebrated their perseverance. God celebrated their faith. And church, that is true for you today. That despite the doubts that you have when you think about the promise that God has made for you, despite all of those things that you see going on in the world that might cause this promise not to be fulfilled in your lifetime, despite all of those things, when we persevere And when we have faith in the promise that God has made to us, God is honored by our faith and he celebrates our perseverance. 
So I want you to think back once again about this promise that God has made to you. And if you'll just do something with me, if you would just put your hands in front of you like this. And if you would just imagine this promise in your hands. Just imagine this thing that God has spoken to you. As if you're looking at it in your hands. Say to yourself, do I trust that God's timing is not my own timing? Am I going to decide to let go of the control and my own plan and what I think should be done and how I think the promise should be fulfilled? And am I going to trust that God can fulfill everything that he has said to me about this promise? Do I know that the end goal in my life is not to receive the fulfillment of this promise, but it is to live every day in faith, trusting in a faithful God who has given me this promise and in faith knowing that I'm going to spend an eternity in heaven and that God is going to see this promise come to pass. And then looking at this promise, can I say that I am going to pursue this promise no matter what? I'm going to cast away all fear. I'm going to cast aside all these doubts. I'm not going to worry about what other people think of this promise, but I'm going to pursue this promise because it is the word of God for my life. And am I going to choose to persevere like Abraham did? And even if I come to the end of my life and I have not yet received the fulfillment of this promise, am I going to persevere even in death, believing that God can fulfill his promise to me? Jesus, with these promises symbolically in our hands today, we lift them up to you, God. And we say, God, have your way. You have made this promise to us. And we trust you, God. We trust you to fulfill this promise in the way that you want to, in the timing that you want to, Lord. My life's goal is not to receive the fulfillment of this promise, but to live with a growing faith every day, believing more and more that you are faithful, God. My hope 
is not just in this promise, but my hope is in you, God, the one who has given me life, the one who has given me this promise. And I have a hope and I hold unswervingly to this hope, knowing that you are faithful, God. Jesus, today, let us cast away every fear. Let us cast aside every doubt, Lord God, that tries to creep in, Jesus. And let us hold on to this promise from you. Help us to stand strong and to say, I do not belong to those who shrink back. I belong to the people of great faith who trust in the amazing power of God that is far beyond what I could understand on my own. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for those things that you've spoken to us, God, and we surrender it back to you, Jesus. And we say, have your way. Let your will be done in my life. We trust you, God. We trust you beyond our lifetime. We trust you. Let our faith arise within us. I thank you, God. today, we're going to have our prayer team come forward and it would be so awesome if there's anything that you want prayer for. If you are having trouble casting these doubts aside or having these fears creep up about this promise that God has spoken to you, or if you just want prayer that you would remain steadfast in pursuing the promise of God for your life, would you please come up and get prayer after the service? Church, you are so loved, and I believe that we serve a faithful God who will fulfill all of his promises that he's spoken to us. So go from this place today, being filled with faith, being encouraged that we don't have to lose hope just because we don't know all of God's plan, all of God's plan isn't laid out for us. Go knowing that our God is faithful and that he is powerful and that he can fulfill everything that he said, no matter what it looks like. We love you, church. We will be back with you next week. Remember, women, as you leave this place, go and sign up for our women's brunch bazaar. We're so excited to be together on December 4th. We love you, church. Have a great week.